Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. Right now it is Saturday, it is October 5th, it is 9.46 a.m. East Coast time, and we're here for That One Dude, the That One Dude video. Recapping last week was Delaney Walker, tight end, um, underpriced at 5200 and he ended up, I believe, catching uh, seven balls for somewhere in the 50 to 60, uh, mid-650s in terms of yardage, so... Uh, 12 and a half or so fantasy points for him had a great opening at five catches in the first quarter and a half and then just game scripted out they ran the ball for the next two two and a half quarters until the fourth quarter when the Colts made it closer so I thought it was a meh play right it wasn't something that fell on its face for the price tag and the positionality wasn't something that smashed but 12 and a half for a tight end that doesn't be it really wasn't used in the second half um, is okay definitely not great so this week we're looking to rebound um, maybe not even rebound just just uh progress right get a little bit better there uh so welcome to the channel if you're new here my name is sal vetri i do cover daily fantasy sports in the nfl nba wnba and the mlb streets cannot wait for the nba soon i cannot wait for tomorrow for the nfl so that one dude first two weeks it was a it was a wide receiver last week was a tight end this week is extremely difficult in terms of picking a that one dude from my framework right i want to pick players that are not overly popular it's very easy for me to say ah christian mccaffrey ah this week david johnson like the highest owned players on the slate right I don't want to be picking the obvious plays every week. And for the first three weeks, I tried not to do that. Keenan Allen was single digits ownership week one. Um, week two, you had Cooper Cup coming in at single digits ownership somehow. Same thing for Manny Sanders week three. Same thing last week, just cracking double digit as a tight end uh, around 11% for Darren Waller. This week though, we're going to be getting a little bit chalkier. Not crazy chalk. And I do think this player is under-owned relative to other players at his position, relative to other players across his positions uh, based on his price tag. This week's player, and the thumbnail already gives it away, um, is going to play in probably the uh, make-or-break game of the week, if I had to guess. It's one of the two make-or-break games of the week. It's a game where you have two really bad defenses. You have two suspect offensive lines, really bad offensive lines, though, um, and a good, good quarterback play at best. So it's a game that can just turn into a really crappy game. Or you could flip it on its head and two bad defenses. The offensive lines hold up because of that. And it tilts the offensive line's way. And now you have two um, good teams um, or bad teams just scoring points against bad defenses. So it comes out to being a good game. This game, after all of that and long-windedness, is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Cincinnati Bengals. There are loads of fantasy plays in this game. It is probably going to come in, if not the top-owned game in terms of players individually and maybe even stacks, uh, but a top two for sure, if not with Atlanta and Houston. This game has, like I said, great players. David Johnson is in a good spot. We all know that. Everybody's been saying it all week. You have Tyler Boyd in a great spot, probably getting less talked about than he should be right now based on this matchup in the slot um, against Brock. This is a really good spot for him as well. You have Auden Tate, dirt cheap, coming in with a 40-pound advantage on whoever's going to be guarding him and a six-inch advantage. Great spot for the price point. But none of those dudes are that one dude this week. They're all coming in at high ownership. They're all too popular, I would say. Like, I don't think those guys are going under-owned or at least uh, not going wrongfully under-owned, right? They're, they're popular. Another player in this game who is popular, um, but I do think is probably coming in, honestly, 5 to 10% under-owned 
is the old man, father time himself, the man who just does not drop passes, has zero drops this season, was quoted in saying that if you can touch the ball the year that the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers, if you can touch the ball at all, even your fingertips, you should catch the ball. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, $6,000 on DraftKings this week. Larry Fitzgerald, the man right here, as you can see, the quote that was just said, putting that into fruition, catches this ball with, what, two, three fingers there in the picture over my shoulder. But it's Larry Fitzgerald this week for me. Look, through the first four weeks, we're not counting the Thursday night game because that just wouldn't be fair with all these Rams receivers running routes. Through the first four weeks of the season where all players have played four games outside of some buys, but through the first four weeks, Larry Fitzgerald leads the league in routes run with 183, five more than anybody else, five more than his teammate Christian Kirk will not be playing this weekend, who Christian Kirk is averaging a little bit over nine yards or nine attempts and nine targets per game coming his way from Kyler Murray. Attempts I speak of from Kyler Murray. Uh, 42 and a half per game through the first four games of the season. This is a guy who the first two weeks was getting it done with his arm. Next past two weeks is still throwing the ball, but getting it done with his legs. 42 and a half per attempts through the first four weeks of the season. And it lines up against this Cincinnati secondary to have that average, if not more, this week for Kyler Murray. So no Christian Kirk. There's nine targets a game gone. Potentially no Demir Bird on the outside, which is less important, but they didn't have him last week. That's six targets per game gone. You're going to have targets shifting around and going more so towards old reliable himself, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. And here's the thing. We like receivers running out of the slot. Larry Fitzgerald is only running out of the slot this year. He's playing on 92% of the team's snaps so far this season. But what that translates to in offensive snaps, what that translates to overall is that he's playing 94% of those 92 are coming out of the slot. He's running the most routes out of the slot out of anybody in the league, and it's not particularly close. 173 routes out of the slot. The next closest, his teammate, Christian Kirk, which is just wild and crazy. 27 more Larry Fitzgerald has out of the slot. If you try and find a Cardinals uh, or a non-Cardinals receiver who's next out of the slot, it's 32. 32 less routes out of the slot. So this guy's just running all of his routes out of the slot. 173 in four weeks. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. This guy is going to be running 45-plus routes out of the slot, the most favorable spot to be going on the field if you're a talented receiver who gets separation, which Larry Fitzgerald, even in his old age, still does. And when you're getting separation and you have, yes, zero drops this season and rarely drop the ball, and your quarterback's throwing on average over 42 times per game, usually good things will happen. But we haven't even gotten into the fact who he's playing this week. Let me read off some numbers that I have down here. I write down the Bengals secondary is just a complete joke and a dumpster fire for the second straight and potentially even third straight year. Something that after one or two weeks, maybe looked decent, a secondary of a small sample through four games now, just absolutely pathetic. I don't know if Larry Fitzgerald's head's going to get cut off here. I hope it does not. But if not, you get to see his number on his jersey. Um, Second worst in the league overall in pass coverage is this Cincinnati Bengals secondary, according to Pro Football Focus. That's 31 out of 32 teams. But let's get into the specific players on this defense and where their cornerbacks and their safeties, the secondary, rank. Ready? We'll start it up right here. William Jackson, the best cornerback on the team right now, ranks 75th in coverage in the league. 75th in coverage in the entire league. That's the best on the team, by the way. Next up, B.W. Webb. Oh, boy, if you know who B.W. Webb is, you know this guy gets torched left and right. Ranked 106th in the league in cornerback coverage. Next up, Dre Kirkpatrick. You've probably heard the guy's name before. He's not good, though. Right now, he's ranked 110th in the league in cornerback coverage. So all three of their starting cornerbacks who have played the most snaps and have the most coverage snaps this year are outside the top 75 top cornerbacks through the first four weeks in coverage, meaning they can't guard a thing. Two or three of those guys outside the top 105. My God. Okay, well, let's get to the 
Let's go to the, the safeties in the secondary, right? Maybe somebody behind these guys, if Larry Fitzgerald's running out of the slot. All right, maybe middle of the field. Safeties play up a little bit. Let's see what these safeties can do, taking away maybe some intermediate to big plays. Yeah, not much. Sean Williams. And keep in mind, there's less safeties out there, right? Two safeties on the field at all times, more times than not, uh, compared to maybe three cornerbacks, especially against this Carolina or, or Arizona offense. These Cardinals, three or four wide receivers are going to be out there. You're going to need three or four cornerbacks and safeties. So safeties here, ready? Keeping in mind that instead of this being out of a sample of three cornerbacks per team, it's, it's going to be like two safeties per team. 83rd is their best-ranked safety. Sean Williams right now ranked 83rd in coverage for safeties. Next up, Jesse Bates the second, ranked 125th. The bottom one percentile, 125th in coverage. So what you're getting here is the best defender out of these five guys primarily playing coverage snaps in the secondary. He's ranked 75th out of his position. The best safety is ranked 83rd. Three of those guys are ranked outside the top 100 out of the five. This is a terrible. On average, these guys are right now ranking in the 90s on their per average rank on Pro Football Focus. That is not good. That is not good at all. So there's 32 teams in the league, each having, what, three to four defensive backs on the field at the same time, and your best guys are ranking 75th, 83rd. Yeah, so this is a dynamite matchup, I will say, for Larry Fitzgerald. And let's not forget that we talked earlier about the guys that are going to be out in this game. Demir Bird, okay, that's a little bit. Um, obviously, Christian Kirk in the slot next to him, the guy running the second most routes out of the slot in the league this season, running the second most routes overall this season. But Larry Fitz is doing his thing in the red zone like he usually does. Six red zone targets right now. It's tied for third on the slate for wide receivers. Those six red zone targets are accumulating right around 30% target share in the red zone. And keeping in mind, if they're going to be able to move against this bad secondary, whether it's dicing you apart with short passes to Fitzgerald or going a little bit deeper down the field on the outsides with younger players like uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Andy Isabel, Trent Sherfield stepping in, getting into the red zone more often in this game is going to help Larry Fitzgerald more than anybody else. So six red zone targets so far through four games, one and a half per game. I would expect that number to be higher here. I would expect two to three red zone targets in this game for Larry Fitzgerald more times than not based on just his catch percentage alone, not dropping any balls, 80% catch percentage. He's going to lead to having uh, a touchdown in this game more times than not. If I had to guess, if you were betting props, I would bet a Larry Fitzgerald touchdown. Now you might say, Sal, the entire defense, they know if you know this, if we know this, why not just take Larry Fitzgerald away? And you can try to take a slot receiver away. But when a guy's on the field for that many routes and he's going to run 50 routes in this game potentially and he's going to run um, 45 of those out of the slot, it's hard to double team a slot wide receiver. Sure, there's inexperienced guys on the outside. You're going to have Farrell Cooper in the slot next to him. You're going to have Keyshawn, Andy Isabella, and Trent Sherfield on the outside. But you still have a playmaker in the backfield in David Johnson. So if you're going to double team a slot receiver, you're going to open up one-on-one coverage on the outside for maybe inexperienced receivers. But Keyshawn Johnson has talent. Andy Isabella has talent, right? These guys have not had a ton of opportunities in the regular season, but these are guys they drafted with talent. They'll beat men one-on-one, maybe not every single time, but enough to kind of force away double teams in the middle of the field. Double teaming slot receivers is something that has really never happens. Maybe you put your your shadow cornerback, like we saw Xavier and Howard go into the slot against Keenan Allen against... Miami and Chargers last week. Maybe you do that to try and isolate him a little bit. But double teaming in the middle of the field, not the smartest idea. So I would say Larry Fitzgerald in this spot, he is kind of matchup proof due to the fact that he's running out of the slot. You can't just put a safety into the, the middle of the field for a short 10-yard route, right? So Fitzgerald, double-digit targets this week. The touchdown upside is as high as it's ever been. And this defense, oh, oof. Oh my God, oofa. This defense of the Cincinnati Bengals, absolutely disgusting. So all that said, Larry Fitzgerald this week is that one dude. Larry Fitzgerald is a guy who I understand that the price tag of $6,000 is very attractive. I understand the matchup is amazing. I understand that the ownership is kind of there. He's coming in on average around 14, 15, 16% ownership on most sites that project that so far. 
But I personally believe that that's not enough. I personally believe that that is not really considered chalk. It's in the middle of being chalky or not. Most GPPs are one with a ownership share throughout all your players of about 15%. So what that means is that he just has average ownership this week. And in my opinion, average ownership is way too low for the matchup, for the consistency, for the skill level that you're having against these defensive backs for Cincinnati is what you get in Larry Fitzgerald. So this is that one, dude, for this week. You can follow me on Twitter at SalVecciaDFS. Appreciate you tuning into this one. Hit up the description down below. I have exclusive content on Patreon. We now have merch on this site. We have some merchandise, t-shirts and things some people ask about. So you can check that out. Lots of free giveaways in the description down below. This is also going to be turned into a podcast format. Maybe you're listening there now. If you are, if you wouldn't mind just rating and reviewing this real quickly, it really helps me reach more people trying to expand the audio version of these YouTube videos and reach more and more people, help more people out. So if you get any value from this, if you thought it was entertaining, if you thought any of the statistics I rumbled off here for the past 10 minutes or so were helpful for you, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you could just five-star review if you thought it was five stars and leave anything in terms of a review to help uh, reach awareness for the podcast. So thank you so much for the people listening on the audio version. Thank you so much for watching this on YouTube. I appreciate it. Best of luck tomorrow on Sunday. I will be live at 11 a.m. East Coast time Sunday morning for an hour before Locked to Talk. Any last second news on Patreon, I will have my closing thoughts on the Slate podcast up tomorrow morning. So yeah. Thank you so much. My name's Sal. You already know that. And peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.